Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today on the Flyover Conservatives Podcast, we have human rights attorney and defender of freedom, Lee Dundas. Yay! Yay! Welcome, Lee. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, we reference you often as as the the last person I'd ever want to get into an argument with. That is true. Uh, <laughs> you, you and my husband. I, I, I would have had the, the poor guy does not have a chance, I would assume. But I'm glad that you're on our team when it comes to fighting for good, fighting for human rights. You've been doing it for years all over the world. And kind of the fight right now is yeah. here. Yeah. The, the fight has found us. I mean, I started uh, fighting the mafia in child brothel towns in Southeast Asia that, you know, had 140 child brothels and nothing else. And they were bombed every day by radicalized Muslim insurgent bombers who were looking to be the new blow it up king of the Mideast. And, um, and that's why I just got to laugh when online haters are like, we're going to pick it in front of your house. I'm like, really? All right. <laughs> as long as you don't have a bomb, you got, you got nothing on the Asian mafia. So yeah. So now we're fighting for freedom here in America and, um, it's scary times, but, you know, heroes aren't made during times of peace. So this is, I think, every American citizen's chance to find our own little hero within ourselves and uh, fight for our kids, fight for country. And it, it's an honor to find people like you to do it side by side with. Wow. There's some major things going on in the military. I want to jump right in on that because it's something that you've been working on. You've got some big numbers some information that we want to get out there today. Yeah, you know, I was approached, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Um, I was approached at the end of last year by some really high ranking um, uh, U.S. Army doctors. Uh, so these are men and women in our United States military, in the Army. And, you know, they have MD degrees and they have masters of public health. And one of the other ones had a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star. So these aren't newbies. These aren't guys who don't know what they're doing. They're not, they're not new to the game. And these are the doctors that determine the health and fitness of our U.S. servicemen and women. So, you know, they sit in their offices every day and a guy comes in and he goes, oh, I have a sore throat and he's an army ranger. And, and they type into their Department of Defense database, Joe Blow presented today with a sore throat and I gave him an antibiotic for it. Um, and so in the Department of Database, there is, uh, sorry, Department of Defense database, there's this part of it that warehouses all of the men and women who get sick from any cause or injured from any cause year round within the US military. And um, what these doctors were noticing is that when they looked at prior years, 2016, 2017, 2019, even the year of COVID, 2020, mm. the statistic of men and women in our United States military who were sick or injured from any cause, they had a wart, they had a sore throat, they were infertile, they got shot in the leg, whatever it was, total number of incidents, as it were, was very, very stable. It was a flat graph. It was 1.7 million a year, 1.7 in 2016, 1.7 million incidents of whatnot combined mm -hmm. in 2018. And then at the beginning of 2021, January, they mandate the vaccine for the, for the U.S. military. And that statistic goes from being very flat to going oh. spaceship through the roof. I mean, it just goes north and then some, and it jumps from 1.7 million incidents of something being wrong with our service members worldwide total to almost 22 million. Oh my gosh. It was Man. a 20 million increase in the first nine months. We weren't even through the year yet. 
So at the end of last year, these guys start making contact with me and they're like, oh my gosh. So uh, they're whistleblowers. You know, there's a name Mm -hmm. for people who do the right thing in an agency or a company that's doing the wrong thing. They're called whistleblowers. They're protected by law. Mm -hmm. Um, But to get them protected, you have to get their testimony in front of Congress or use one of the other avenues. So I was approached by these guys in the military. I reached out to Tom Rents. I said, hey, you know, Senator Ron Johnson, he's about to do a little thing at the U.S. Senate in a week. We need to get in there. We need to get these guys uh, data on the record so it can be protected and preserved. And we can start asking the hard questions of the U.S. military, which is, why the hell did you mandate something that's still experimental? Mm. Why are you using the men and women who volunteered to fight and die for this country as your damn guinea pigs? And by the way, you're killing them and maiming them, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. 7,000 cases of anxiety jumped 2,100% almost to just under a million in the first nine months after the COVID vaccine. Anxiety, birth defects, cancer, through the roof, through the roof. You know, it, it's so frustrating because... My whole life, when you're at an event, you know, we go to Branson, they do it a lot mm-hmm. of the theaters where at the end of a show, they'll have the veterans stand and, you know, you still get kind of teary eyed oh, with that, yeah. that, you know, you have this idea of like, they are there to protect us. They gave so much for us. So to hear that maybe there's nobody there to protect them, mm-hmm. you know, the protectors, you know, what, what buffer is there between a Fauci and the servicemen, you know, who's there to oversee that who's responsible for their well-being first and foremost if they get harmed it should at least be by a, a real enemy from without not from within yeah i mean that's exactly right and as mm-hmm. a daughter of a u.s navy guy and my grandfather was also navy and fought in world war ii he was standing on the west virginia when it went down uh, my husband's u.s army you know his dad was air force i mean you just you just at least in my family and the culture that we bring to this country mm-hmm. you just you don't there's the, I can't say the bad word. You don't buddy F the people who are keeping you safe. Like you right. don't knife them in the mouth. You don't sell them down river. You don't betray them. They're giving their all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are giving yes. their all yep. duty calls and how dare you use them as a glorified lab rat or not even a glorified, I mean, mm-hmm. just a lab rat. And that, that was what got the, the, you know, got to under the skin of the the guys who were doing the whistleblowing. They said, "Yeah, we signed up to give our all, and we don't mind giving our all oh. against mm-hmm. an enemy. We don't expect though to be killed. You know, sitting safe at home because somebody wants to hit us up with a genocidal uh, a shot that you know a criminal like Fauci is touting. And right now, to, to answer your question, David, there is no real buffer that I can see. The higher ups who are supposed to protect their units, protect their platoons, protect their downstream newbies." are the ones who are selling him out. When the, when the female doctor who blew, blew the whistle the hardest came to me, she said, I went to my higher-ups at the beginning of this, and I said, you're going to mandate a vaccine that hasn't been tested. They didn't have really animal trials or human trials on it. You're going to mandate that all of us take it mm-hmm. without any sufficient data evidence or track record. Uh, when only 12 U.S. service members total on COVID to date? And the answer she got was damn right, Colonel. And, and she's like, but we don't have any data. And he goes, damn right, Colonel. And you're going to walk back in your office and get me that data. That was the response of the higher ups. Basically, wow. you go get me the data off of your lab rats. I was livid when she, told, I'm still livid as you can hear in my voice when she told me that she was livid. She was, and for my part, I was worried they were going to end up floating face down in a swimming pool. They were sitting on data that, 
none of the rest of the world knew. And that's anybody who's lived longer than kindergarten knows that's your most dangerous mm-hmm. piece of the trajectory. I said, we need to get this data known. And that is one of the reasons we went flying to DC as fast as we could to get the data known. Because once it's known and in the hands of hundreds or millions of people, it's hard it's harder to yeah. go say, oh, I'm going to stop the leak by getting rid of the person leaking it, right? right? So she wasn't, even leaking, she wasn't what, leaking it. They're allowed to blow the whistle, and that's what she was doing. What is the next step? Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. What's next, Lee? Well, we, you know, we did this in the middle of winter in January and uh, sort of on the fly. Uh, we've been working on it since. A variety of lawyers are bringing lawsuits based on the data. But really, from my humble perspective, the next big thing that needs to happen is congressional level inquiries and hearings. You know, you've heard me talk at the Clay Clark events about the Frank uh, Church Committee hearings on Operation Mockingbird, on some of the CIA programs that were Mm -hmm. really bad programs in the 1970s. He did these congressional level inquiries to say, what did you know? What were you doing? What was all the good, the bad, and the in-between on what the CIA was doing to its own people, its its own whatnot? And that eventually helped get to the bottom of the things that we were um, that we were in the dark about. And that's what needs to happen here is some very high level people who have the altitude and the authority to do this level of inquiry needs to start doing it. If the courts aren't get, gonna gonna take it to where it needs to go. And I, you know, it's a crap shoot in a red state. In a blue state, it's a foregone conclusion you're gonna lose right now. So mm-hmm. we need to find and, and and when all that fails, when the courts fail, when Congress fails, when your executive branch is a goner sold out to China, we still have the power of the people. We have the power of people who are in the know and not afraid to stand up and speak up. And we will always win that fight if we mobilize the masses of Americans who give a damn about these issues and about the military. And so that's why platforms like this are so imperative to get the word out to the average Joe who doesn't know that we're using our military, the guys who are Navy SEALs who've given their all 10 times in combat Mm -hmm. zones over the last 20 years. And now we're using them as a damn lab rat and killing pieces of their heart muscle. That's actually one of the things that happened to one of the guys that was in the mix on this. So sad. So sad. It is so sad. We're going to be learning more when we come back, but you can go to freedomfighternation.org. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be with you. You know, there's nothing more important as a patriot than to be around other patriots, keeping your fire lit. That's why they went to such great lengths the last two years to try to isolate you, keep you from going outdoors, keep you from going to the gym, closing your church down, masking your face up. They can't see your smile. It's time to come together with other patriots and make a difference. The best place that I have found to be able to find your tribe, to hear the best of the best is at the Reawaken America event. You're going to hear people like Clay Clark, Scott McKay, Mel Kay, Mike Lindell, Eric Trump, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Northrup, General Michael Flynn, and the gym owner from New Jersey, Ian Smith. To text the word events to 40509. Again, the word is events to 40509. You could name your own price for these events. Every month, we're in a different city, in a different state, waking people up. There's no place better to do it than a Reawaken America event. And we are back with human rights attorney Lee Dundas. Welcome back, Lee. We are so excited to hear about, there's great things we're going to talk about, but we do want to talk about first, what is going on with the pilots? Well, uh, glad that you asked. You know, the the vaccine has negative effects, as we well know, um, for everybody. Um, But pilots are particularly at risk because they spend all day, every day in the air at altitude. And so they're already, compared to the average Joe, at a higher risk for thrombo, blood clotting type disorders, things, things of that nature. 
And I was reached out to by the pilots at the end of last year. Um, and they said, you know what, we're, this is not okay. Like we're either fighting to save our jobs because we don't want to have the vaccine and we're being mandated or, you know, we're bowing down and getting the shot and then we're dying or mm-hmm. we're having a heart attack or, and now we can't fly anyway. And it was really, really a, a goat rope as it were. I didn't realize how badly they were being affected, but when I started looking into it, I thought, well, this is, this is no bueno. And mm-hmm. you've got the FAA sitting over to the side, right? It's the federal aviation agency. It is charged with protecting the flying public and more to the point, the pilots, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's like their mission. That's their whole raison d'etre, their reason for being in French, mm-hmm. right? That's the reason they exist. And here they are allowing all of these big legacy carriers, Delta United, American, uh, in many cases to allow their pilots to get the shot or in worst cases with United Hawaiian Frontier to mandate the shot. And it flew in the face of all of the federal regulatory uh, framework on what pilots are supposed to do. So I, I don't know if you know this. I didn't even know this before December. There's actually federal law on point, federal rules, code of federal regulations, says um, that pilots have to be medically cleared to fly every six months and they need to be safe. And when they go to their doctor, their doctors are not supposed to clear them to fly again if they're taking certain classes of drugs, like mm, street drugs. You don't want your mm-hmm. pilot doing some meth right before he gets behind the wheel <laughs> right. in the cockpit for obvious yep. reasons. Um, but, but like fifth down on the bullet point list after meth and, you know, some other heart drugs. Wow. You don't want your guy taking heart drugs. That means his heart's probably taking time bomb. You have this whole class of recently approved by the FDA products. So get this, when you read the rule and the guidance on it, the F the, the pilots and, and all of the guys playing with the pilots are not supposed to allow pilots to fly if they're even taking newly approved FDA products. So if there's some diabetes medication that gets approved in January of this year, there is supposed to be a 12 month window. So this thing is supposed to be on the market for 12 full months after FDA approval, before any pilot in the U S is supposed to be allowed to take that and fly with it in his system. And when the, when you look at the the reasoning for that, it's because they're under load when they're at altitude, we know this about their bodies they are already under some stressors and they wanted a significant window to post FDA approval to transpire to ensure that no aeromedically negative clinical adverse health effects turned on. Mm. So they just took that entire federal regulatory schema, threw it out the door and said, not only are we going to let pilots fly with newly approved products in their system in violation of federal law and guidance, we're going to say it's okay to approve, to, to fly with completely unapproved products, namely the vaccines in their system. And this is crazy. I know the exact thing that the federal rule was designed to prevent negative health effects from turning on in the pilot populations started to happen. Legend has it. We had five pilots or something at one carrier die in one month, right around the time I released this letter. So I wrote a letter to the FAA and basically said, what the hell are you playing at? Mm -hmm. Your job, your only job is to protect the flying public. That's it. And the pilots. And you are not just asleep at the wheel. You are genociding the people who get into 747s and when they have a heart attack they are going to take us down with them and that's going to be a Mm -hmm. multi-billion dollar scene because just earlier this year this was 2021 january 2021 department of justice came out and said we are um sanctioning to the tune of many billions of dollars uh i think it was lockheed no it was boeing my bad it was boeing because they played hide the ball with some defective parts that caused three airliners to go down and i said when you add up 
the millions of dollars that each American life lost is worth in a fatal air crash, mm-hmm. plus punitive damages because you knew and you did it anyway, plus the DOJ sanctions that are going to be involved. You're looking, I did the math for, I said, this is a multi-billion, billion, billion dollar double loaded weapon that is aimed directly mm. at your face. And I don't know how you undo it because right. the, the horses are out of the barn. You can't unvaccinate your entire population of pilots. The best you can do is ground them, test them with D-dimers, make sure they're not sticking right. time bombs mm-hmm. with their hearts and their stroking issues and get them the hell out of the, the cockpit if they are so that we're all not caught crosswise because you have a guy having a heart attack as he's landing at Dallas Fort Worth. And guess what happened two weeks ago? You had a pilot, I think it was an American pilot, who had a heart attack right after landing at Dallas-Fort Worth, six minutes after landing. If it had been seven minutes earlier, he would have taken that entire Airbus down with him, and you would have had the exact hypothetical I put in that FAA letter happening in real life, in real life. Unbelievable. And again, the same kind of a theme. The people that are there to protect the people that are taking care of us Mm -hmm. aren't doing their job. No. Right. They're doing the opposite. Our protectors are now perpetrators. And so I read this letter. Bobby signed it. Tom Rentz, all these people signed it. The doctors, the lawyers, all, all, all the people you see at the Clay Clark events and then some. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't my first day and because I don't trust the court system really further than I can throw it in a blue state right now and not even really in the red states. <laughs> I, just said, I said, we're going to do this differently. I'm going to scare the bejesus, pardon, pardon my French, out of them. I'm going to CC all their insurance companies, general counsel. And I'm going to pay to have couriers hand deliver this letter to their home addresses the day before Christmas. I don't want Steve Dixon, the head of the FAA or the, you know, the the head of American Airlines CEO getting this four and a half weeks from now Mm. on their desk when they get back to work after the holidays because their secretary opened it and put it there. That is not the same effect as having somebody knock on their door while their kids are about to open stockings and lay it in their hands. (laughs) That is genius. Five weeks after, it was five weeks after we hit the head of the FAA at home with this letter, he resigned. Wow. Wow. Okay, wow. so so can people see this letter? Yeah, so Children's Health Defense, which is Bobby Kennedy's organization, actually has a working link up to the letter right now. If you, uh, I think I sent it to your son, you should have it yep. and be able to pop okay. it in the show right now and they also did a write-up on everything i just said and all the the gnarly parts i didn't have a chance to go into so they at chd has their own sort of print news piece so you can check out the news article there and you can also check out it's got a live link to the faa letter if you want to look at it perfect we'll put that down in the notes so you look for that in the notes you guys can see it yourself well how about some wins one thing i know about about being around you is there's always some silver lining. There's always. A, there's a target, there's a bullseye, there's a field goal, there's something we're working towards and it's better than what we're dealing with now. Absolutely. So let me give you a quickie recap. Um, all of these outside the box legal maneuvers that I seem to be uh, a huge fan of and doing a lot of, <laughs> not so much some of the other groups, they're more traditional law, lawsuit stuff. I'm like, eh, I know how to do lawsuits, but I haven't been super successful. I haven't seen people being super successful this last two years. So I'm going to do this thing like with the FAA. Uh, Very successful. When you get rid of the head of the Mm -hmm. FAA, when you get rid of your local health officer, like we did here in Orange County, when I got rid of the second in command at the Department of Public Health here in California, you know, you take the bad facts, you make them known, you put some public heat on it. And it it just leverages them right out of the hot seat, the bad seat, because they don't Mm -hmm. want that kind of fire. And uh, that's a win. When you don't have bad people in control, they can't foist bad plans on you. So Nationwide Walkout was a testament to that. We did that in November. A bunch of blue collar guys said, hey, we're going to get forced out because of these mandates. 
we, we want to take a pound of flesh before we get forced out. We're not okay with it. We think it's unconstitutional. Uh, and they organized a nationwide walkout. I helped them do it. Um, and, and we sat it out. The supply chain workers sat it out for the better part of a week in early November. Mm-hmm. And by November 30th, the Federal Trade Commission was ordering, you can Google this right now, it comes up even on Google, Amazon, Walmart, Krogan, Tyson, uh, Heinz, Kroger, just all of these guys to pony up data on why their shelves were going bare and their prices were skyrocketing. That's a sign that mm-hmm. we had an impact. Along yep. with the fact mm-hmm. that the fifth day, we were going to strike for four days, November 8th through the 11th, November 12th, Friday night, the fifth circuit down in Louisiana gave us our first mandate win. And they said, Biden stuff is unconstitutional. These courts of law often follow the court of public opinion. So don't think that you can't make a difference. Making yep. your voice known, incredibly important. So we had that win with Nationwide Walkout. Um, you know, Biden himself, within two days of Flynn and Lynn and me and Simone and Bobby announcing we were to support this. Uh, the White House already had their, their COVID um, task force coordinator, Jeff Zients, roll back and say, oh, just kidding. That December deadline is a soft deadline. We're not going to be firing anybody. <laughs> and, and, and we saw the same thing with the convoy. We announced that the U.S. convoy, Biden was scared. You know what about it? Yep. He did not want Trudeau and Ottawa up in D.C. And what did he do? He said, I'm going to make my State of the Union on March 5th be about how COVID is over. We beat COVID and all the blue states are now open again. So everybody said, why are you doing a convoy? The blue states are now open again. And I said, okay, you've got to look at cause and effect because within 24 to 48 hours of us announcing we were going to do the convoy, that's when Biden and the blue states pivoted, right? Yep. Yep. It's again, they run in fear of, of the courts of public opinion. And we are waking up the masses. That was abundantly true with the convoy. Yes. We had Democrat double jabbed Native Americans approaching me in Applebee's going, here's 200 bucks, give it to the boys. We got wow. the Pfizer jab. We believe in the jab, but we also believe in freedom. And I yes. was like, wow, this is, this is changing. And the proof, yep. I want to end on this. I know Colton and you guys have a couple of clips. We've got three of our five liberal board members in San Francisco who got recalled 72 to 78% recall. It wasn't yes. close. Huge. And we had a drag queen. We had a drag queen show up. And say to the press, I know y'all are going to spin this as a right-wing Trump thing. Do I look like a Trumper? Y'all done too far. Even <laughs> even the drag queens are on board. I was like, dang. Right? So we got that going on. We got 42% of self-identified Democrat liberals who are no longer watching mainstream media and are instead watching Tucker between the ages mm-hmm. of 25 and 54. So you're voting public right now. Mm-hmm. The people who make this economy yeah. run care about the issues and are voting and doing stuff. Basically almost half of the Democrats are now watching Tucker Carlson, right? Wow. CNN can't get over a million views yeah. as of October. Yep. CNN plus is couldn't even get out <laughs> the starting gate. And now we got Del Bigtree who's racking 6 million views. And what did you guys say Rogan was pulling in? 11 million. There you go. We're winning, guys. All we have to do is stay the course. <laughs> Unbelievable. That needed, is so exciting. Needed to hear all of that because, you know, there's not a lot of places to go to remind yourself of all the wins. That's right. You know, TV's mostly made up of playing all the lowlights from the game and nothing, you know, really good with dwelling on. So we need conversations like this because there is a lot of winning. There is. There's some big stuff going on. You know, we've got the deal with the who coming up. There's stuff at the border. Mm-hmm. There's baby food. There's things that are real problems but it's easier to attack them when you're coming from success That's right. and you're remembering your wins. David walked up to Goliath saying, I killed a bear, killed a lion. 
I got you. We need that past victories. That's, That's really good. Exactly. Thank you so much, Lee. As always, yeah. this has been so enlightening. At the same time, extremely encouraging. Thank you so much, Lee, for your time. I was asking God through prayer, seeking a good news source. I believe he showed me the epic times. I delivered the mail and came across an issue. The front page intrigued me and I subscribed. Now I cut out articles and give them to friends and family. I leave old issues at the library and around my community. We read it to our kids and love the positive messages in each article. So why do I think everyone should read the Epic Times? Because they're bringing back traditional values to this great country. We are so excited about this opportunity to be yes. able to partner with Epic Times. We've personally been subscribers for years, and it's the only app that's notifications are turned on for both of our phones. <laughs> we want the truth, and we want it from a source that's not bought out and being paid for by the Mockingbird Media. So you can go to flyover.news, and when you use promo code FLYOVER, you get your very first month for $1. Amazing deal. Again, go to flyover.news today. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.